and I'll read from Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33, and the focus of the sermon would be on the verses 28 to 31. So read Matthew 14 from verse 22. There we read the word of God. Immediately he, that is Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he'd sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he will focus mainly on the verses 28 to 31. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. That's our scripture reading. Shall we pray for the preaching of the word? Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And thank you that you allow your word to be proclaimed. Will you strengthen your servant to do this faithfully and boldly and give us all eyes to see the riches of your promises, the wonders of your grace. Make us receptive that we embrace your words and bring forth fruits of thankfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, it started so wonderfully. Peter demonstrated his faith in the Lord Jesus. At Jesus' command, he got out of the boat and started walking on the water. 
Just imagine it. Yes, Peter was in the boat with the other disciples. And while they were at sea, there was a strong headwind and the boat was beaten by the waves. The situation became quite desperate. Suddenly the Lord Jesus appears, walking on the water. They're terrified and believe it must be a ghost. They cry out in fear. But immediately Jesus reassures them. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And then Peter shows his faith in the Lord. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. In effect, Peter is saying, Lord, if it is you, then I know that nothing is impossible. You who are walking over the wild waves yourself, you can also at your command make me to walk over those waves. Command me to come to you on the water. Peter believes in the Lord Jesus, in his power, in his person. Not only in theory, but also in practice. He gets out of the boat and starts walking over the water to Jesus. Despite the wind and the waves, here Peter shows what faith is. What does it mean to believe? You then entrust yourself to the Lord, to his power and faithfulness. You do what he says, no matter how impossible it might seem. You know that he is Lord, Lord of creation, your Lord, who has power over wind and waves, yes, over everything. You know him as the one who came to save sinners like you and me. Thus it all started so wonderfully. And so you too can make a wonderful start in your life. You openly profess your faith. Something Alex, Jean and April hope to do shortly. You believe in the Lord. You entrust yourself to him. He will take care. He will hold on to you.
So you can also see that your faith is regularly being confirmed. For example, during the Sunday worship services, you realise again how powerful, how faithful your Lord Jesus is. Nothing is impossible for him. And therefore you walk out of the church with new courage and strength, with great intentions. You will face the challenges of life. You will resist the temptations in his power. You will not let yourself be overwhelmed by sin or by the brokenness of life, by your circumstances. No, you trust in the Lord God. But now the sequel. We read, But seeing the wind, Peter became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Why this fall? The circumstances had not changed. The storm was already there before Christ appeared. Yet at Christ's command, Peter got out of the boat in the storm and began to walk on the water. Why then suddenly this fall? Christ explains it to us. He speaks of little faith. You of little faith. Why did you doubt? His little faith made him doubt. He did not hold fast enough onto Christ. He did not entrust himself sufficiently to the Lord. He changed his focus. Instead of keeping his eyes on the Lord Jesus, he looks away and sees the strong wind and waves. Instead of permanently letting himself be led by the Lord, by his command and by his power, he now lets himself be guided by the wind and the waves. And then it is inevitable that you fall. When you let yourself be guided by your circumstances, by your frustrations and struggles, you are bound to fall again and again. But note, beloved, that doubt does not immediately make you an unbeliever. There are people who think that once you are a believer, you will never be bothered by doubt. But it's not true. Peter is still a believer. The Lord Jesus doesn't call him an unbeliever. 
He calls him a man of little faith. If doubt governs you again, then you show that you have little faith. That's what happened with Peter. His faith did not completely disappear. But because it was weak, doubt gripped him again. And he became afraid. If you'd asked Peter certain questions about the person of Christ, he would have given scriptural answers. But for the moment, doubt overpowered him. Don't let that happen to you. Doubt will attack you. But don't let it control you. This is therefore all about the practical exercise of your faith. You know the Lord Jesus. You know who he is. What the Bible says about him. You know what is right and wrong. Yes, you know it all. And thus you can boldly profess your faith as Alex, Jean and April hope to do. You believe. But how do you live it out in your daily life? What you see and experience draws your attention away from the Lord. And this can at a certain point of time overpower you. And then you become afraid and sink. How can you avoid this? By constantly keeping your eyes on the Lord Jesus. By completely entrusting yourself, your future, to him and his word. To his command and his promises. Faith says what he said and promises he will do. What he started, he will continue. The beginning of his work in me was in fact a miracle. For I was, like all other children, Conceived and born in sin. By nature, dead in sin. But he made me alive. He gave me faith. And if he can begin such a miracle, then he can also continue with it and complete it. While you continue to fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus, you will not be overwhelmed by doubt. You'll be overwhelmed by Christ's majesty, power, and compassion. 
the more you see him in his glory, the more you realize how foolish it is to doubt. And therefore keep looking at him. Let Christ be the center in all things of your life. Your circumstances will not always be easy. You will, so to speak, face waves and headwinds. But Christ wants to be there for you, to give you strength. And here you see, brothers and sisters, that the problem in the Christian life is not the circumstances, the trials, the setbacks. The problem is how you deal with it, how you respond. You may recall the history of Paul and Silas in Philippi. After they were beaten with rods, they were thrown in jail, with their feet fastened in the stocks. A painful experience. Terrible conditions, you would say. But what do you hear in the middle of the night? Songs of praise resound in prison. Paul and Silas pray and sing hymns to God. Under those circumstances, imagine it. And thus the problem is not the circumstances, but how you handle it. Paul and Silas turned their eyes to the Lord and could sing God's praises in the most painful circumstances. Beloved, by this I, I don't mean to say that the circumstances are not a problem. You may rightly be concerned about your circumstances, about your health, about your work or income, about your financial position, and whatever concern you may have. But the big question remains, how do you deal with it? When you take your eyes off the Lord, you only see the source of your concern. And then you only see your worrying circumstances. And it will overwhelm you then you become afraid and fall. Paul tells us in Philippians 4 that he learned to deal with all kinds of circumstances. And he then says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4 is 13. Brothers and sisters, Jesus' rescue of Peter 
serves as an encouragement to us all. Peter cried out in fear, Lord, save me. And immediately Christ reached out his hand and took hold of him. At times you may fall. You may get the feeling that you're about to sink away once and for all. The pressure on you as a Christian can become too much. Yet Paul wrote that it is sure that nothing and no one would be able to separate us from the love of Christ, love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8 verse 38 and 39. Nothing and no one. When you think you are sinking away, His mighty hand will be there. Cry to him. And he will hear you and lift you up. Brothers and sisters, at the Lord's Supper, we hope to fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus. We seek our salvation outside of ourselves In Jesus Christ. He was thrown into the ultimate storm for our sins. The horrific flood of God's wrath against sin was poured out on him. He endured that ultimate storm to save us from our infinitely smaller storms. Yes, to restore our peace with God. Would you not trust him who did this for you? Would you not entrust yourself and your future to his power and faithfulness. Amen. Let us pray. Faithful God and Father, we praise you for your faithfulness and almighty power You do not give up on us, but keep reminding us of yourself and of your Son, Jesus Christ. We acknowledge that we so easily fail and fall. Instead of keeping our eyes on the Lord Jesus, we let ourselves be distracted by what we experience here on earth, by our circumstances, our concerns. And we allow those things to govern us. Lord, save us. Lift us up again. So that we may see your light and truth again. Even in the most trying circumstances. Mould our hearts and lives. So that we may more and more be focused on Christ. On his power and faithfulness 
May Christ remain our anchor and comfort, our guide and goal in good days and bad. Strengthen our relationship with him through word and sacrament. Yes, may we celebrate that relationship with him as we hope to sit at your table. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's now sing a response from the Red Book, Psalm 138, verses 3 and 4. to the profession of faith of Alex, April and Jean and we'll first do the profession of faith of Alex and April and I'd like to ask that they stand up and uh, I don't know whether you move forward uh, right, please rise yeah Beloved in the Lord Jesus, we thank our God concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that you were made desirous of professing your faith publicly here in the presence of God and his holy church, and of obtaining the privileges of full communion with the people of God. Now you are requested to answer sincerely the following questions. 
First, do you heartily believe the doctrine contained in the Old and New Testament and in the articles of the Christian faith and taught in this Christian church to be the true and complete doctrine of salvation and do you promise by the grace of God steadfastly to continue in that profession? Second, do you openly accept God's covenant promise which has been signified and sealed to you in your baptism and that you confess that you abhor and humble yourself before God because of your sins and that you seek your life not in yourselves but only in Jesus Christ, your Saviour? Third, do you declare that you love the Lord and that is your heartfelt desire to serve him according to his word, to forsake the world, to mortify your old nature and to lead a godly life? Fourth, do you promise to submit to the government of the church and also, if you should become delinquent, either in doctrine or life, to submit to its admonition and discipline. Alex Franson, what's your answer? April Fuck, what's your answer? Please be seated. We now have to proceed with the profession of Jean, and for that we'll read the form for the baptism, for the uh, adult baptism. Page 136, if you want to follow it. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Page 136. The back of the Salt The principal parts of the doctrine of holy baptism are these three. First, that we with our children are conceived and born in sin and therefore are children of wrath, so that we cannot enter the kingdom of God except we are born again. This, the dipping in or sprinkling with water, teaches us, whereby the impurity of our souls is signified, that we may be admonished to loathe ourselves, humble ourselves before God, and seek our purification and salvation apart from ourselves. Second, holy baptism witnesses and seals to us the washing away of our sins through Jesus Christ. Therefore we are baptised in the name of, the Son, of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For when we are baptised in the name of the Father, God the Father witnesses and seals to us that he makes an eternal covenant of grace with us and adopts us for his children and heirs and therefore will provide us with every good thing and avert all evil, or turn it to our profit. And when we are baptised into the name of the Son, the Son seals unto us, that he washes us in his blood from all our sins, incorporating us into the fellowship of his death and resurrection, so that we are freed from our sins and accounted righteous before God. Likewise, when we are baptised into the name of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit assures us by this holy sacrament, that he will dwell in us and sanctify us to be members of Christ, imparting to us that which we have in Christ, namely the washing away of our sins 
and the daily renewing of our lives till we shall finally be presented without spot among the assembly of the elect in life eternal. Third, whereas in all covenants there are contained two parts, therefore are we by God, through baptism, admonished of and obliged unto a new obedience, namely that we cleave to this one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that we trust in him, and love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. That we forsake the world, crucify our old nature, and walk in a godly life. And if we sometimes through weakness fall into sins, we must not therefore despair of God's mercy, nor continue in sin. Since baptism is a sealed and indubitable testimony that we have an eternal covenant with God. Although the children of Christians, notwithstanding their inability to understand these things, must be baptised by virtue of the covenant, yet it is not lawful to baptise adults unless they first feel their sins and make confession of their repentance and of their faith in Christ. For this cause did not only John the Baptist, according to the command of God, preached the baptism of repentance unto the remission of sins and baptised those who confessed their sins. But also our Lord Jesus commanded his apostles to make disciples of all the nations and to baptise them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, adding thereto this promise, he that believes and is baptised shall be saved. According to this rule, the apostles, as appears from the book of Acts, baptised no other adults, but such as made profession of their repentance and faith. Therefore it is not lawful now to baptise any other adults than those who have learned and understand from the preaching of the Holy Gospel, the mysteries of holy baptism, and are able to give an account thereof and of their faith by the profession of their mouths. I ask you to rise and to answer the following questions. First, do you heartily believe the doctrine contained in the Old and New Testament and in the articles of the Christian faith and taught in this Christian church to be the true and complete doctrine of salvation? And do you promise by the grace of God steadfastly to continue in this profession? Second, do you openly accept God's covenant promise which will be signified and sealed to you in your baptism? And do you confess that you abhor and humble yourself before God because of your sins and that you seek your life not in yourself, but only in Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Third, do you declare that you love the Lord, and that is your heartfelt desire to serve him according to his word, to forsake the world, to mortify your old nature, and to lead a godly life. Fourth, do you promise 
to submit to the government of the church and also if you should become delinquent either in doctrine or life to submit to its admonition and discipline Jean Tay Wang what is your answer? Now we'll proceed to the baptism Jean Tai Huang, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'd like to ask the three of you to stand up again. I charge you then, beloved, that you, by the diligent use of the means of grace and with the assistance of your God, continue in the profession which you have just made. In the name of Christ Jesus our Lord, I now welcome you to the full communion with the people of God. Rest assured that all the privileges of such communion are now yours. And the God of grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, shall himself perfect, establish, strengthen you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Shall we now pray? <clears throat> Lord God, we thank you for your word and spirit through which we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. May Alex, Jean and April who now profess their faith, never cease to wonder at what you have done for them. Help them to continue firmly in the faith, to bear witness to your love, and to let the Holy Spirit shape their lives. Take them in your care as their shepherd that they may loyally endure opposition in serving you. Father, encourage and strengthen Alex as he experiences tiredness and loss of weight as a result of kidneys that do not function as they ought. Uphold him and provide him with all he needs, also when a transplant is likely to be needed. Grant a peace that passes understanding. Father, we pray for the family of Jean and April who can't be present this morning. We pray for those members of the family who are at present not actively engaged in serving you. Touch them by your word and spirit that they too may experience the joy of knowing and serving you.
May the witness and example of Jean and April encourage them to seek you and your salvation. Father, may we, with all your children, live together in the joy and power of your Spirit. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the hope of his coming. Amen.